And here we are. It's a podcast for professionals, believers, and genuine people looking for genuine conversation. My name is Kia Harris-Tagren, and I'm your host. I'll be sharing information about nonprofits, faith, business, entrepreneurship, life, and much more. I'm so excited for you to be joining me. for episode one of and here we are podcast i'm so excited you're here my name is kia harris talkman and i realized in the welcome message i didn't exactly introduce myself so i am a nonprofit consultant educator and founder also enjoy speaking and edifying people and individuals i have a consulting business that i run to help start nonprofits and developing nonprofits and i am an individual of faith and a woman of god and i am so excited for you to be here thank you for coming back and if this is your first time joining my podcast and listening to an episode welcome so we're going to be talking about nonprofits today. So, as I said in the welcome message, I will be covering a variety of topics, and you can select which ones you're interested in listening to. We're going to be talking about serving through a nonprofit today. I want to give you the story behind how I started my nonprofit, Dare Humanity, and kind of do some storytelling to share how that happened. How did that even happen? How did it come about that I was starting a nonprofit? So let's backtrack to undergrad. So I went to undergrad. I was dead set on pursuing being a physician assistant, aka PA. So I spent some time studying in order to become a physician assistant. This is what my goal was. So I applied to PA school, a few of them, and rejected by every single one. Now I was discouraged, of course. I was heartbroken and my father had actually suggested becoming a PA with my intention already to go in the medical field. So I was very disappointed, but I moved forward. I moved back to the Inland Empire. I was staying in Long Beach at the time. And then I founded Dare Humanity. So this was in 2015 where I founded Dare Humanity. There was no clear structure. I knew I wanted to serve internationally. So our Articles Incorporation says that we provide international aid and cover areas like health education. So I began to write down what I desired the organization to do. But at the moment, we weren't exactly doing those things just yet. We were hosting events to create awareness about the organization, specifically youth events, and generally just hosting events and trying to get our name out there, but no clear direction. So this was in 2015. Also at that time, I was introduced to someone. My sister met a man at a restaurant and they're staying in line and they happen to start chatting. And so he started to share a internship that is the Elma Vines Academy, where they will allow individuals who are pursuing medicine to get under and shadow doctors who are doctors of color. And so I was able to meet that man and 
I had an interview and I was accepted into that internship. So this internship allowed me to shadow a variety of professionals in the healthcare field. So doctors, surgeons, a physician assistant, a naturopathic doctor, and I was able to learn a great deal. We had opportunities to share and present every week on what we discovered during our shadowing periods, which were a week at a time, and then we presented each week on a specific topic that stood out to me, whether it was a case that was encountered during the shadowing or something that was interested to that specific profession. So after the program was over, a lot of the doctors were saying, I, they were suggesting that I pursue being a doctor. So I was at the time considering naturopathic medicine and I had in my mind that I was going to do it that way. And then my mindset started to shift and then decided on osteopathic medicine. So I was going to do the prewex, which I had said I would have never do because I was taking the general chemistry and I was struggling and I said I was not going to take those intense chemistry, science-based classes. And there I was taking the prerequisites for medical school because that was what my intention was. I was going to be a doctor. So Fast forward after those prerequisites, about a year and a half taking those classes, and I applied. I applied for medical school. This was in 2017 that I applied for medical school and once again rejected by all the schools that I applied to. I was even more hurt than the first time, and I remember having a conversation with my mom, and I was just thinking like, what is what's going on um and honestly i was saying you know it's unfortunate that they weren't they didn't accept me because i i know that i was a student of value um and i was rejected i was greatly disappointed but i said what am i gonna do in the meantime because my intention was to go back to medical school uh to apply at a later year and so i was looking for a one-year master's program to pursue in the meantime so I did a search and okay, maybe public health, okay. Oh, I found this nonprofit administration program. This may be applicable and advantageous for my organization. So I went ahead and I applied to that program. One year program accelerated at USF. Great program if you're ever considering a program to go to to further education in nonprofit administration as a leader in a nonprofit world or even starting a nonprofit. Highly recommend the USF program. But I applied to that program and I was accepted. But on top of that, I got a scholarship, which was a blessing. So I am going to master's program. And over the years, I would say, or within that year, I would say, even those those months uh, during that program, I began to realize the reality. And to this day, even after I graduated from the program, I continue to think about what my life would have been like had I pursued medical school. I would probably be done with medical school. I would be in residency, maybe finishing up. But would I have had a fulfilling life? That was the question that I had continued to resonate in my mind. Would I have had a fulfilled life? What would my lifestyle look like? 
I would be going to a medical facility every week, doing charge, encountering patients, sure, maybe some opportunities to travel internationally, but mainly working in a medical facility. And then on top of that, this is just my personal stance on why I believe, strongly believe that I was never meant to pursue the conventional route of medicine is because I was not willing to prescribe pharmaceuticals. As an individual, I do not feel that is a necessity. Now, I know there are a lot of individuals who have to take it for their medical conditions, but I believe in the natural alternatives that are provided on this earth in order to combat a lot of illnesses and prevent illnesses from developing. So I personally did not believe in that, still do not believe in pharmaceuticals, do not even take over-the-counter pills. Now, there are so many amazing doctors and healthcare professionals out there, but for me, pursuing that route was not what I was called to do. Now, of course, if we backtrack to all those rejections, at the time I didn't see it that way. I saw it as I'm being rejected and I put in all this work. I studied for the MCAT and I have all these recommendations. I did all this work and was it for nothing? And, and it wasn't because I needed that clear distinction that this was not for me. So I learned even more of that during the program where I was actively applying a lot of what I was learning directly to my nonprofit, Dare Humanity, and then continued to realize that I was not called to be a conventional doctor. Now, today I am absolutely still interested in natural medicine. This is on my to-do list to pursue something related to that, but I came to a realization that that was not my calling and that is okay. It's okay if you see someone in a profession that you once pursued that you realize was not for you and say, that is great that they are able to be in that profession. This is where I'm called to do. And you'll realize that the things that you're passionate about, your gifts will automatically just blossom because of your ability to make that distinction and say this is what i'm called to do versus trying to pursue something from your past or pursue something that you're not called to you're wasting your time if you do pursue something that you're not called to do but you're also holding back those gifts that need to be given to the people you're supposed to be serving versus the people that you thought you were going to be serving So really realize what your gifts are because there's people waiting for you to tap into your true gifts, but don't weigh into those distractions of what could have been, okay, if I would have pursued this, this is what my lifestyle would be. Let me try to pick it up a bit again. No, don't pick it up again. I want you to pick up what you've been called to do. So M&A program, I was building my organization while I was in that program, and there are so many things that I have been able to accomplish because of that. I had so much favor. I had the ability to work at a nonprofit while I was pursuing that and even afterward getting promotion, and then I was still building my organization at the same time. So I graduated in 2017. No, I graduated in 2018. And then I was 
on the brink of beginning the work in Haiti. So when that work in Haiti began, that was September of 2018. And that was something that truly I knew it was my calling. But before we get into that, let's take a quick break. All right, so we're back. I was thinking that I was going to be in medical school. I said, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be osteopathic doctor to be exact. I'm going to be doing what I see on Grey's Anatomy. I'm going to be full force with that. But realizing that, hey, so this redirection from this rejection has put me in a place that I am supposed to be in. And the rejection hurt, the denials hurt, the thoughts of the past hurt, but I'm here and this is exactly where I need to be. So we began our work in Haiti September 2018. So I was graduating And I would say the beginning of that year, God placed in my heart to go to Haiti. And the first time I went to Haiti, let me give you that backtrack. So the first time I went to Haiti was on a medical mission trip. And I was invited by that same organization that allowed me to do that internship. They were offering students, pre-med students, the opportunity to go to Haiti on a medical mission trip. So I was sponsored and I went on this medical mission trip and we did some amazing things while we're there with a team of healthcare professionals. And we were able to host pretty much pop-up clinics and have people come in from the area and be seen by different healthcare professionals even went to a hospital and were able to provide surgery for individuals as well so I was able to shadow a doctor while there so there are a lot of great things and every night we would debrief and talk about our experience and we stayed at this lovely resort haiti is a beautiful place if you haven't been i want you to consider going to the countryside to the monwe saint mark area and just stay just stay there and um have a great time but also during that trip we were able to visit an orphanage and meet some kids who were in this orphanage and didn't have parents or were abandoned by their parents and that changed my life watching them sing and just being so happy and delighted despite the circumstances that they're in being so grateful and full of joy and so we stayed there but I didn't really have an understanding of what was actually going on behind the scenes Um, and I mean this in the sense of what's actually happening in the communities how are these people really living they don't have the opportunity to have air conditioner they don't have running water they have to get it from a stream which is highly infected and contaminated and they're using this to cook and to wash themselves and to do different things and to drink and so I didn't have that clear understanding of it. So it was always on my heart to go back to Haiti. But when God was telling me, you need to go back to Haiti, you need to go back to Haiti, I was I was like, really? I am supposed to go back to Haiti? I only know one person. And 
God just kept saying, book your flight, book your flight, get your hotel. And so after that pushback that I was giving, because I'm not proud of that, but I was having a bit of pushback and I don't think so moment. But when I accepted the call, accepted the call to start the work in Haiti, that is when that work and the work of Dare Humanity, my organization, started to develop. And so I went to Haiti that second time by myself. I stayed for two weeks. I connected with the individual I had remained in contact with. He was a translator and he went ahead and introduced the communities to us that we now serve. So one of the communities that he can introduce us to is one in which we still serve. And that is how the work of the organization developed. We were able to do a survey with individuals from the community, asking them about their needs, understanding what their challenges are. And from that information, we developed our Young Dream Sponsorship Program. So that sponsorship program, today we sponsor 15 students and we have a program to feed individuals in the capital Port-au-Prince and we are working on a clean water initiative. We've been able to serve to date 235 people through our food giveaway program and sponsored 15 students ranging from kindergarten all the way up to middle school what we would call middle school so there's just so much that happened when i decided and accepted the fact that the calling that i thought was for me was not in fact for me and i needed to go a different route in order to arrive where i am today so that is how the work of Haiti began in uh, 2018. And if you're listening to this now, it's 2021 and we are still working there, still building out things and so many things that have come from that. So being a founder is not for the title. For any type of entity that you run, whether it is a business, a project, a nonprofit, you have to take on a variety of things when you accept that call. So there's been a variety of challenges that have occurred because of what we do in Haiti. As a leader of the nonprofit, there are a variety of things that happen. And for all nonprofits, there are a variety of things that happen behind the scenes just by serving. So for me, my lesson has been when it comes to serving that serving is going to come with a variety of things that are going to challenge you. They're going to challenge you as an individual. So what are you going to do with those challenges? What are you going to do when the people you serve are not necessarily appreciative of it? What are you going to do when the people you serve are not respecting you? What are you going to do? When the people you serve and you're trying to help them are not cooperating. This is the pivotal moment for you. If you are being challenged in a place of leadership, that you have to consider what your next point is. Because when you're serving others, you can't abandon them. And you shouldn't abandon them. You should not be quick to abandon them. Because they're depending on you. Despite what the attitudes are, despite what is occurring, they are depending on you. 
And so you have to continue to serve despite the challenges, despite how people treat you, you are to continue serving. Despite the challenges, of course, there's been a lot of wins for us as well. Like I said, serving so many people in Haiti, it started from a few students, now to 15, and it's going to continue to grow, starting in Haiti, branching out to other countries is our plan. And so the development happened as I evolved as a leader. The development happened as I evolved as a leader. I became became more resilient so I can serve better. I was able to put boundaries in place so I can serve better. Serving does not mean you can't put boundaries in place. It doesn't mean that you have to continue to say yes. It means you have your no's and you make them your continued no's for the purpose of those individuals to better serve them. So consider that. So there's so many things I can share about Dare Humanity, but I want you to visit. Visit us at darehumanity.org. Explore our website. Think about how you can contribute to something like that in Haiti. And I hope it inspires you if you are called to be a nonprofit founder that go ahead and start it. So serving through a nonprofit is important because it's for them, not you. It's for them, not you. So if your organization is planning to start a summer program for students in Africa who during the summer period, they are prone to involving themselves in activities that are not beneficial and that can hinder their future. And so you're offering a summer program for them. When you choose and you say, I'm not called out to do this. I'm not cut out to do this. I don't want to do this. Then you are putting their needs aside. You are saying that you're not going to serve them, but you are the specific individual that's called to serve them. You're called to serve them through your organization, but you're saying that you're not. And now these individuals are abandoned because of you just think about that how our choice to not answer the call can lead to the abandonment of the people that we are supposed to be serving not someone else not your cousin not your colleague you you have the ability to run the organization to distribute items to provide a summer program to serve seniors But if you say, I'm not going to do it, then what happens to the people you're supposed to be serving? So I just want you to think about that. So there's many facets to serving. There's many facets. If you think of the different types of entities and ways in which you can serve, you can volunteer. You can have a business. You can have a nonprofit. You can have a project that you create. You can have a product that you put out there and you sell. But if you're called to have a nonprofit, I want you to consider how to move forward with that. Just like you would do with anything that you have in your plans as far as your personal life. Let's talk about an example. Just as simple as you make it a choice every day to get up, to have a schedule, 
to pursue certain things, even if it's just a few minutes of research, you can use that same effort to start your nonprofit. It is not a process that is so complicated that you cannot do it. I am confident that you can do it. And this is something I actually teach individuals to do is to start a nonprofit, but not only start it, to maintain it, to continue to develop it, to make it so that it's a sustainable organization and impact of, impactful organization at that. So serving does not require perfection. You do not have to be perfect. Your bank account doesn't have to have a certain amount. You don't have to have every single person involved just yet. The minimum is three board members to start, but you have to put in your mind that we want to have this established by the end of this year. We want to be able to start serving by this date and then work backwards from there. Serving is not complicated, although it does come with your personal challenges as a leader, but consider that these people need it and they need it from you and your organization. So like I said, as I continue to evolve as an individual, as a leader, that's when my organization began to evolve, which meant that I wasn't wearing all the hats and saying I'm going to wear all the hats because I'm superwoman. I am going to find individuals who have skills that I do not have, and I'm going to ask them to assist me with building the nonprofit. And you can do the same. You can approach individuals and ask them to help you with building, ask them to use their expertise, ask them where they want to see themselves plugged in. So just start the organization, just build, evolve with your organization because someone is counting on you and your organization. So I want you to stay encouraged, Stay encouraged current nonprofit leaders and stay encouraged future leaders. You will see the fruit of all that you've been doing for these years or the past few months. You will see the fruit. The fruit will be the smile on the faces of those children in Africa. The fruit will be family sharing with you. Had you not stepped in as an organization, we would have never been able to have this opportunity. The fruit will be seniors saying, that they have the opportunity to learn about their disability benefits because in the past they never knew how to go out about applying. So be ready for the fruit. Be ready for the fruit because it's coming. If you enjoy this podcast, I want you to leave a review and connect with me on Instagram as well. Interact with my content. Let me know what your thoughts were when you're listening to this episode. And I am so grateful that we had the time to chat on this episode about something really dear to my heart, which is serving through a nonprofit. So thank you for joining me for this podcast. And here we are.